Welcome to Kingdom Leadership. In Matthew 20 and 25, Jesus called his disciples together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentile lord over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not that way among you, but whosoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. God has called us to lead in a way that serves others and advances the kingdom of God. Please join our hosts as they discuss scriptures, principles, and strategies for leading in a way that brings glory to God and blesses you and those you serve. You may also visit us online at IamAKingdomLeader.com to submit your questions or access past episodes. Let's go. Hello, Kingdom Leaders. This is Dr. Arlen Green, and thank you so, so much for joining for another conversation on Kingdom Leadership, where our goal is to disciple you, meaning train, equip, prepare, encourage you, so you can lead in a way that advances God's kingdom and brings Him glory. We want to encourage and prepare you to do all that God has called you to do in a way that makes Him happy, makes Him smile, in a way that you are blessed and everything you are connected to wins. You all know that song by Jekyll and Carr, um, everything attached to me wins. I sing background in our choir, <laughs> but I'm probably promise I'm not going to sing anymore during this uh, chat, but that is how we want to lead. We want to lead in a way that we win. I know I am ready for that. Are you all ready for that? I know we are. We want to lead in a way that gives God glory. And today our topic is the leadership crisis part two. And we're coming from Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 28. Last time we really focused on verses 25 through 28. Today we're going to focus on the first set of verses 20 through 24. And if you haven't listened to part one, I encourage you to do so. So after this, go to the website IamAKingdomLeader.com and you can find part one which talks about those, uh, those last verses. And as I said before, I titled this The Leadership Crisis because I really feel like we're in a leadership crisis right now. In the United States and around the world, there are so many stories of you know, people leading in a way that is so against all the principles that are in our Bible and all the things Christ would call us to do. And I was looking at a couple of stats. As you all know, I'm a researcher by heart and you know, one stat I found was that they were talking to companies and CEOs, and of those surveyed, 18% said that their leaders were very effective at meeting business goals. 18%, so less than a quarter, were effective at meeting business goals. And 71% did not feel their leaders were ready to lead their organizations into the future. So basically, no one felt like, very few people felt like they had enough leaders to do what the organization was called to do. So what we want to talk about today is why are we in this place and what can we do about it? What are three things that all of us can do collectively to pull ourselves out of the leadership crisis? And we're going to start with the scripture. We're coming from Matthew 20, 20 through 28. And as I mentioned, we're going to focus on those first few scriptures, verse 20 through, really through the beginning of 26 or 25. So let's start at verse 20, and the people that are involved in this passage are Jesus, his 12 disciples, and the mother of two of the disciples. 
So it starts in verse 20. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons, who we know are James and John, came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked, meaning Jesus. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. When the ten heard about this, meaning the other ten disciples, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together, all of them basically, and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them, not so with you. And he goes on to talk about you know, being a servant leader. So we want to talk about three things we can learn from this passage. And the first one is to choose our role models carefully. So let me ask you this question. Who is your leadership role model? When you think about work or ministry or how you lead your family, who do you look to as an example for how to be, how to act, how to show up? And I wish I could hear your answers. Uh, what I want to suggest to you right now is that your first role model should be Jesus Christ. He is our example for all things, including work and leadership. But lots of times we separate our work mentors, our work role models from the rest of our life. We might think of Christ as our example for how we are in church, maybe how we parent, how we work or lead in ministry. But when we think about our work, we often focus on our manager, our CEO, or maybe some other mentor at work. Not so. When we think about the first place for a role model, not so. Christ is the ultimate leadership example. You know, in the scripture we're discussing today, Christ gave an excellent leadership example of how he responded to the mother, her sons, and all of his disciples. So if we want to know how to handle a situation, we should start with Christ. So Christ had, you know, in this situation, Christ had the mother of two of the people on his team, his disciples, come to him you know, seeking a promotion for her sons. And I love the way he responded. I mean, he didn't respond and say, how dare you? You know, that is so selfish. Um, he didn't tell them they were ridiculous. Instead, he cautioned them and then he asked them a question. And that's such a great example because have you ever noticed that a lot of the great leaders that we have a chance to work with, they're not always telling us what to do. Instead, they're asking us really good questions. And that's exactly what Christ did. He offered a caution saying, you don't know what you're asking. And then two, he asked him a question. Can you drink the cup I'm drinking? And, you know, I was looking at some some works that some other authors have done. I haven't counted this myself, but there's a, a lot of um, other Bible scholars that have noted that most often when Christ was asked a question, he responded with a question. They say he was asked over 180 questions, and in his response, he only provided direct answers like a handful of times, like three to five. Every other time, he asked a question. So this is just one of so many examples in the Bible of how Christ led his disciples and how we can learn how to lead by following him. As kingdom leaders, our number one role model is Christ.
you know, certainly we can have other role models. The Bible says that, you know, Paul talked about in Corinthians, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So certainly there may be other people we're following or patterning after as well, but the first role model should be Christ. And I'm certainly not saying that Christian people are the only people we have to follow. So nope, we are called to follow everyone in authority over us, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I am saying that when we're looking for someone to pattern after, to be our role model, first we'll look to Christ and then we'll look to other examples. Um, I read a lot of books or just articles or watch shows on leadership and not all of them are specifically Christian books. But whatever I find in those books or in those articles, I go test it in the scripture and that's what we have to do to make sure that we're doing it the way Christ would do it, the way God would have us to do it, right? Because the Bible says that our ways are not his ways. So what seems right to us could actually be the path to destruction. So we have to make sure that Christ is our role model. So that's number one. The second thing, the second tip, and the thing we can learn from this passage is we have to check the status of our heart. I mean, really understand our motives. Someone said, and I wish I could, I need to find out who this is, but someone said one time, if you want to know where you are in your servant leader journey, ask yourself, how do I respond when I'm treated like a servant? And I intended that silence because it is just such a deep and profound question. Christ said, if we want to be great, we have to serve. So my question is, do we know what we're asking for when we seek a leadership role or when we're placed in a leadership responsibility? Um, in the scripture, you know, Matthew 20 and in the verse 22, Jesus tells them, you don't know what you're asking. And commenting on this passage, I loved it. I was looking at something Matthew Henry said, who's a Bible commentator. And he also asked a very poignant question. He said, do we ask for the end but overlook the means? He said they thought they were nearing Canaan, meaning the end, the promised land. And in reality, they had yet to cross the Jordan River. Oh, my goodness. They had no idea what suffering, work, miracles, joy was to come. They thought... The three days that Christ talked about was leading to the end of a thing, not the beginning of a thing, like Kelly Lane likes to say, who I love. You know, Matthew Henry said that they imagined their warfare was accomplished when it had scarcely begun. Wow. You know, so one thing I think about is when we go into new roles, positions, new responsibilities, maybe you're a new parent. I have a new uh, baby in my life, not my own, but a family friend. Do we really know what we're asking for? When you're called on to lead, which we all are in certain aspects of life, because, you know, we're all leaders. Every time we have a chance to positively influence someone else, that's a leadership opportunity. And when those opportunities come up, do we know what they require? As kingdom leaders, when we have a leadership opportunity, we are being asked by God to work and to serve. To work and to serve. If our focus is on the title, we might just be seeking the end while ignoring the means. It reminds me of that um, Jeff Foxworthy stand-up show he had a while ago. He said, you might be a redneck if, and he talked about lots of things. I was thinking, we may have the wrong focus on our leadership roles and responsibilities if, one, we're focused on the title and not on the people or process that title was created to serve. We might have the wrong focus if we're planning our office decorations 
instead of consecrating our new office for what is ahead, you know, praying, preparing for what's to come in this new role. We might have the wrong focus if we're focused on the new business cards instead of the new people we're going to have a chance to impact for the kingdom. And by the way, I'm sure I've done all of this. I have focused on the title, the office, and the business cards. Because with a new role or responsibility, oftentimes fun things come with it. And I'm not saying don't decorate your office. Don't get excited about your business cards. Do. One of my uh, best friends has an office that is so big, we call it the living room. I mean, and it is laid out, which I love. I love nice things. But as kingdom leaders, that's not our main focus. We're focused on how we're going to work and serve in a new way in that role. We're praying for those we're going to serve and lead. We're fasting. We're seeking him on why he called us to this position and what we're going to do in it. You know, we're making sure we have on our full armor because we know with promotion comes opposition. So when we say we are believers and kingdom leaders, it ought to mean something. When we arrive on the scene, we ought to arrive showing up to work and to serve, not entering roles, thinking about, you know, entering responsibilities, thinking about what it's going to do for me and my career. Nope, nope, nope. We're going to enter with a heart and a mindset set on serving those whom we lead. And that would make a difference in the world. I mean, it makes a difference when you serve under godly leadership. And I have had that privilege so many times. I mean, I think about right now, my pastor is so God-fearing and loving. Oh, my goodness. And I'm going to tell you, it makes a difference. So you all know I go to Life Changing Faith in Frisco, Texas, and our senior pastor is Pastor Pelham. And he is so loving. He loves people for real. I taught the toddler class. And when my toddlers would see Pastor come in, they would go crazy. Pastor, Pastor, he would come over and hug them and love on them and speak life into them and encourage them. And it wasn't like they didn't see him all the time. Our church is not that big. They knew him, but they their response to him is it just was amazing I mean I was teaching so I'm gonna tell y'all sometimes it hurt my feelings a little bit the response he would get but I get it because he's so loving and when you have a chance to serve under godly leadership it makes a difference you can make a difference in the lives of other people flat out period and that's just how we have to be and that's how we have to show up as kingdom leaders we have to show up as godly leaders because we know it makes a difference Right. So the second tip is keeping our focus right in this leadership journey, keeping our heart right, keeping our motives right, focusing on being a servant and asking ourselves often, how do I feel when I'm treated like a servant? Because that can help us understand where we are and how far we have to go on the servant leader journey. Right. So that's tip number two. The third thing we really can learn from this passage is as kingdom leaders, we have to serve and honor our leaders even when we think they're wrong. And I, maybe I should say, especially when we think they're wrong. And I know some of you guys are thinking, there is no way I can use Jesus as a leadership example and focus on serving these people at my job or in my family. And I've certainly heard a lot of people say this because the environment in which you may be working or living you know, it just doesn't feel like operating as Christ tells us to is going to work or is going to be what's best. You really feel like you have to be out for yourself sometimes in order to get ahead. 
and I reject that outright. I'm going to tell you all a scripture that really helped me with that, and that is that God establishes all authority. In our verses for today, James and John's mother was asking for her sons to be promoted in what, you know, the way she viewed God's kingdom. And in verse 23, Jesus responded to her and he said, to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. And he is telling her and us that those positions have been established by God based on his plan. His will for us, his collective will for humankind is not random, and it's also not outside of God's authority. So one scripture that really helped me with this personally, you know, in understanding that God establishes all authority is Romans 13, 1 and 2. And I want to read it for you. And this is the New Living Translation, I believe. It says, everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. Wow. <laughs> so we have to serve those in authority over us, whether we think they're right or wrong. And I have had a personal experience with this many years ago. I want to share with you all. I was, it was probably one of my most difficult and also my most valuable work experiences. I was working at Scana Energy, which is an electric and gas company in South Carolina. And I was hired by someone who was one of my just favorite managers, um, Angie Hardison, if you're listening. I've been hired to help with this culture change initiative, and it was fun. It was exciting. It was my first full-time job in my field, like professional first full-time job, and life was good. I loved it. Um, but in the course of time, as the Bible says sometimes, things changed. And I think at that time, I didn't realize how fast things can change in an organization or a business, but they did. So a new head of HR came in, and they really decided, you know, to go in a very different direction. I had a new manager because Angie left. I had a new manager who had totally different ideas about what needed to be done, how it needed to be done, why it needed to be done. I mean, literally everything changed. And looking back on it now, I realized I didn't handle that change very well. Um, in my mind, this new manager was wrong on so many levels. I mean... <laughs> And I really thought at that time it was my job to help him think about things in the right way. Can anybody relate to that? Have you ever worked for someone that you thought was going about things all wrong and you thought it was your job to either rebel against them or to help them think about and do things in the right way? Um, I'm going to tell you all, all of my efforts, my frustration, all of my help landed me in an improve or remove conversation with my manager where he basically told me, you can get things done my way or I don't need you on the team. And I had to sign a form, like a performance improvement plan or whatever you might call in your organization. And I could not believe it. I mean, I was in shock and I thought about leaving, absolutely. I thought about doing just what he said. I could do this or that. I thought about doing or that. You know, I didn't feel like I needed this frustration. Uh, why am I dealing with this at the time? You know, thankfully, my husband was working, and so, you know, we could have made it without it. 
And I didn't know this at the time, but I uncovered the scripture while I was preparing for this show. And it says, it's in Ecclesiastes 10 and 4. If your boss is angry at you, don't quit. A quiet spirit can overcome even great mistakes. And thankfully, as God would have it, uh, my husband and I were taking a crown financial ministry class at the time, which I highly recommend, by the way, if they're still doing those. And in that class is a module on work and the verse I mentioned earlier around God establishing all authority. That verse, along with the one that said, we are to work as though we are working for God, became my mantra. I just decided I was going to shut up. I was going to get to working and serving my manager in whatever way made sense to him. Um, now, I wasn't going to violate any moral codes or anything, but I was going to stop trying to help him see things the right way to do it, essentially. Um, now, since then, I've had lots of times, and you probably have as well, was your manager, where your manager might come to you and ask for your advice or opinions or guidance on something. Um, but we weren't at that place. <laughs> we weren't at that place in our relationship. So I changed my attitude. I changed my behavior. I started focusing on God, serving him, and being comfortable under authority. And in less than a year, I went from an improve or remove conversation with my manager to him bringing me back into that same conference room and giving me a $500 spot bonus because he said he had never seen anyone transform the way I had transformed. And there were lots of other blessings that came from that that I, I might have a chance to talk about another time. But I'm telling you guys, I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know. We have to lead and work in ways that align with God's principles and trust God with the outcome. And when you feel like you need to do it differently because of your work environment or the people you're working with, remind yourself that is a trick of the enemy to steal our blessings. That is not so. No, no, no. We really have to do it God's way and God's way alone. And once we do, he will literally orchestrate everything else. So the three lessons from today's uh, passages are one, Christ is our role model. He's our role model at work. He's our role model for leadership. He is our role model for parenting. Everything we do, Christ is our role model. Two, we're going to check the status of our heart and keep our focus on God, on working on serving, um, on serving those around us. When we show up into a role, we show up to work and to serve. And three, we're going to serve and honor those in authority over us, even when we think they're wrong. And I think back on that situation with Scanna, and I mean, it was my first job in my field. What did I really know? <laughs> I, I, I would love to be able to now look back and actually see a video of myself in that situation, I guess. I'm not sure if I'd want to see that or not, actually. But I mean, it, and it doesn't matter whether I was actually right or actually wrong. It doesn't matter. Um, another verse that, that came to me when I was doing that was that it doesn't, there's a verse that says, a wise person makes the king happy, and it does you no good to anger the king. And that helped me as well. We have to serve those in authority over us, regardless of whether we think they're right or wrong. So I hope that helps you all today. One thing we want to do is to do a question before we leave any show and answer a listener question. So we'll do that at some time during every show. And you could submit questions you might have, you may have, by sending an email to me by visiting, um, well, you can do two things. You can send an email by send an email by visiting our website, IamAKingdomLeader.com, or you can send an email directly to me at agreen, A-G-R-E-E-N, 
at lifechangingfaith.com, our church's website. So today's question is, how do you change? So say you're listening, God's showing you some things about the way you're leading and working, um, and he's showing you a couple things you need to change. So the question then becomes, how do you change? How do you actually go about it? And the word says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I love the way the New Living Translation um, shares this scripture. So Romans 12 and 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Oh my Lord, that's good, y'all. I mean, so first I would say, find yourself one or two scriptures that you can think about, memorize, remind yourself of. If you have access to the internet, it's so easy to Google scriptures today. If not, you can search the Bible. You know, we talked about Christ being our example, and there are lots of other examples in the Bible of people following hard after God that we can use to transform our thinking. I mentioned while I was in that improve or remove situations with my manager, I kept those two scriptures, God establishes authority, and we work as unto the Lord as my constant reminders. I mean, they were comforting, they were mind-changing, they were reminders, they brought peace, they brought direction, and eventually they brought transformation. Because I'm telling you all, I have worked for you know, awesome and not so awesome leaders over the years. And I've gotten to the place where I can work for just about anyone and still serve them from wherever they are. And that is because God has transformed my thinking as it relates to work. Because if you're working unto the Lord, there are some things you're just not going to do. You know, there's some attitudes you're just not going to have. So the first tip on how to change is to get into the transformation process by finding you a few scriptures that can actually transform your thinking. So that's number one. The second tip is something I learned recently, and I first heard it in the book Miracle Morning, which I really love, by the way. Um, it is really helping me transform my mornings. But the concept in the book is about isolating incidents. And I'm going to read a quote from that book. But basically, the author is saying that often we tell ourselves that each little decision is no big deal. You know, so Yes, I am, and I'm going to be a kingdom leader and serve those around me. But then our manager comes and says something crazy to us, and we respond just as crazy in return. But we tell ourselves, well, that's because, you know, she was acting that way today. That's what made me do it. And we really don't understand the impact of every little decision. So let me read what he says. The author is Hal Elrod, and he says, we must realize that the real impact and consequence of each of our choices or decisions, I'll say, and actions, and even our thoughts is monumental because every single thought, decision, action is determining who we are becoming, which will ultimately determine the quality of our lives. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he, right? Isn't that good? It's like we're on a path and every step is either leading us in a direction toward who God has called us to be or away from it. My daughter and I were talking about this and I thought it was really interesting. She said that sometimes we're moving but we're staying in the same place because we take one step to the right in the right direction, another step to the left, two steps to the right, two steps to the left. So we're having all this activity but we don't have progress. We're not winning. 
So once you've chosen to be a kingdom leader, and I know you have because you're listening, there are some things we just are going to do and there are some things we're not going to do. Um, our pastor recently, as I mentioned, Pastor Don O'Pellum from Life Changing Faith, preached a sermon on choices and decisions. And choices and decisions. And he said that once you make a spirit-led choice, a godly choice, all of our decisions have to line up with that choice. And he used the passage from Joshua, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And, you know, another message I heard, one of our youth ministers talked about the power of a made up mind. So the second tip is we have to choose to lead and respond differently when we show up as kingdom leaders, that has to mean something. That choice has to mean something. So we change by one, having our mind renewed and transformed by the word. And second, by making a godly choice and having the power that resides in a made up mind. But of course, the first step to transformation and change is Christ. He is the transformer. It is in his hands that our life is transformed. So you know, if you don't know Christ, we want you to choose Christ today. It doesn't matter what came before this. We are all, we have all sinned. We have all fallen short and the enemy will try to trick us into thinking, no, we've done worse than other people. It does not matter what came before. What matters most is that right now we choose to give our life to Christ. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Time and tomorrow aren't promised. You have to be saved and in the body of Christ and when you're saved, you know, you think about what does it mean to be saved? It means with first, let's start with hell. We're saved from hell. Once we're saved, when we die, we will spend a beautiful and blessed eternity with God and our Savior. But saved is also, we're also saved on earth, meaning that once we're saved, we have a present help with us. We have a Savior in God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. We have an ever-present help. So if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, Pray this prayer with me, and it's my belief that you're praying it alongside others who are becoming new believers around the world. And I always say this prayer as well because it's such a good reminder of the perfect gift of Christ and how his perfect gift has granted us all one access to our Father and eternal life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's pray and say this prayer after me. God, I know that I'm a sinner and I am ready to invite you into my heart. I trust you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for hearing my prayer and adopting me into your family. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. Thank you for paying the price for my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. Jesus, I thank you for coming into my heart and I acknowledge you as my Savior and my Lord. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or you just rededicated your life to Christ, write us and let us know. We want to celebrate with you and all the angels in heaven. You can write me directly at agreen at lifechangingfaith.com. That's A-G-R-E-E-N at lifechangingfaith.com. Or you can reach us all, our team, via the website, iamakingdomleader.com. 
If you are a new believer, congratulations. Falling in love with Jesus was the best choice, decision, best thing I ever did. Find a great Bible teaching, Christ-believing group of believers that will love you, teach you, encourage you, and hold you accountable. We love you, and we want you to find some people that would love God and love you for real. None of us are perfect. It doesn't mean they're perfect, but you do want to find people that are striving after Christ-like character so you can learn and grow together. We love you, and you know we want to hear from you. So again, visit us at the website, IamAKingdomLeader.com, or write us. You can write me directly via agreen at lifechangingfaith.com, A-G-R-E-E-N. So thank you all so much for joining today's Kingdom Leadership episode. We love you. We look forward to having you with us next time so we can all continue to grow into the kingdom leaders God has called us to be. Let's work. Let's serve. Let's go. We love you guys. Thank you for joining Kingdom Leadership, and we pray you were blessed by today's discussion. You can find us next week at the same place, same time. You may also visit us online to access past episodes and submit questions for future shows by visiting IamAKingdomLeader.com. God is calling us to lead in a way that gives Him glory, attracts others, and advances His kingdom. God bless you.